Welcome back to the Warehouse Podcast. I'm Tyler, and today we are talking about the end of lease negotiations between the Baltimore Orioles and the Maryland Stadium Authority. Finally, the two sides have come together and signed an agreement that will keep the Orioles in Camden Yards for the foreseeable future. It's being billed as a 30-year lease. We're going to talk today about why that's not necessarily true. Uh, We'll get into the minutia and the details here in a minute. But first, I think we're just going to talk about kind of this saga and how we got here. So obviously, the Orioles have been at Camden Yards since 1992. That's been the first initial 30 years there. Uh, We knew that agreement was coming to an end uh, a few years ago, when in February of 2022, the Orioles signed a two-year lease extension that basically just took the terms from that initial lease, carried them two more years, and got us to where we are now, which is 2023. This past February, uh, it was rumors swirling the Orioles could have triggered another five-year extension of that lease, and it sounded like maybe they were going to do that. Hey, let's just keep working on it. Turns out they were not going to do that. They decided, no, we are done with this lease. We need to sign something brand new. We need to get it done by the end of 2023. And throughout 2023, it's been a whole thing. John Angelos was at spring training being kind of a jerk. Well, no, I'm sorry. This started back earlier than that. This started Martin Luther King Day. We remember that notorious day where he was a total prick. Uh, Then in spring training, he held court with the reporter saying he'd open up the books. That still hasn't happened. He talked about how he wanted it done by uh, the All-Star break. That didn't happen. Then in September, he and Governor Wes Moore were at Camden Yards on the day the Orioles clinched the AL East. They announced, hey, we've got an agreement in place. 30 more years, the Orioles in Baltimore. Here we go. We found out literally hours later that wasn't true either. It was just a memoranda of understanding, whatever that means, that the two sides were going to keep talking. And now we finally get here. And I'm sorry, I forgot last week, it sounded like there was a deal in place. And then a Senate president, uh, the Senate president uh, in Maryland, nixed it at the last minute. And then now today, I'm recording this on Wednesday, the uh, 20th. This has been two days now. The agreement is finally signed and the Orioles are staying at Camden Yards for now. A lot has happened there. Um, and it's been painstaking to say the least. You know, it's it's the fact that a deal wasn't signed had uh, certain portions of the fan base up in arms that, oh, here we go. This is the Colts all over again. Uh, this time, instead of going to Indianapolis, this team's going to go to Nashville. John Angelos has all these ties there, the country music scene, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm certain I'm certain there are some valid or there's some val- validity to John Angelos's connection to Nashville. But I think the most rational amongst us has kind of maintained for the longest time, like the Orioles aren't going anywhere. This is sort of just billionaires being billionaires and complaining over not getting every single penny they possibly could out of the locality in which their team is located. And it does seem like that's kind of the case here. We'll get into how actually Angelos doesn't seem to have gotten everything he wanted at least not yet in this agreement. But, you know, it always seemed like the Orioles were going to stay in Baltimore. There was really no good reason for them to move. Uh, there were none of those wheels in motion that you typically see, like with the Oakland A's. Um, we've seen for a couple years that the writing was on the wall. They were moving to Las Vegas, or at least moving out of Oakland. That has not really happened with the Orioles here. There's never been, you know, to to the credit, I guess, you know, if you want to give credit to the Angelos family, John specifically, there's never been any sort of that like, hey, we're we're trying we're looking for the best deal we're going to go talk to portland and we're going to go talk to nashville and we're going to go talk to montreal about getting public funding for a new stadium in these places like he's always said there the camion yards will stay you know what as long as fort McHenry's standing or whatever you know 
there's never been sort of that push from the Angelus family to move them out of Baltimore. So at least there's that, um, you know, so, so this has kind of always been the expected outcome here, but it does kind of put a halt to all those, those worries and concerns that people may have had uh, unfounded or not. And, and that'll be a relief. At least, you know, the Orioles are really good right now. They should be good for the, for the, at least the next five, six years. Let's not have this one thing at least hanging over us. Um, so that that's really cool. So I think what we're going to talk about in, in today's episode is we're going to talk about per, importantly, what's not in the lease, because I think that is sort of like the headliner right now. What's not in the lease, what is in the lease, why the Orioles finally signed and what it means for the Orioles, both, you know, both short and long-term we'll get into that. But before we get into all that, I wanted to pause and just thank everybody for listening to the show and remind you how you can continue to support the show if you enjoy what you're hearing and watching right now. So first of all, please subscribe to us if you haven't on Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we'd really appreciate to you subscribe. That'll get us in your in your various feeds there every time we um, release an episode, which as we've said for a couple of weeks here, it's going to start to be more often. It should be about two times every week. We're definitely going to get there by opening day, two times every week. On YouTube in particular, please check us out over there. We, we've got a YouTube channel. We're getting more active over there. You can see a video version of these podcasts. We are starting to record video here. You can take a look at me and my face. And even in today's episode, I'm going to reference something that I'm showing on screen. So that would be super helpful there to give us a subscribe and a like and a share and all that stuff. I think we're at currently 76 subscribers on YouTube. We'd love to get to 100 by opening day. So please help us out there. You can also subscribe over on Substack. That's our newsletter platform. Right now, you're not getting anything too crazy in addition to just the podcast. It's just a little blurb with some links and so forth. That'll get us sent to your email inbox. However, again, by opening day, I'm hoping to supplement that with some written stuff as well. So check us out over there at thewarehousepod.substack.com. Of course, follow us on, on all the social media, but specifically Twitter and threads is probably where we're going to be the most active in addition to um, YouTube. So that's at the warehouse pod. And then of course, please like, share, comment, subscribe, all that jazz on all the different platforms. If you like us, um, please check us out and share us with your Orioles friend, Orioles fan friends to, to get us uh, out there to as many people as possible. All right. So now let's get into all the topics I kind of just laid out there. So first of all, what's not in the lease for the Baltimore Orioles. So right now there's no development deal in the lease. That has been said to be the sticking point for months now that the Orioles want a development deal of the, the the area surrounding Camden Yards. That's what John Angelus wants. He's taken Governor Westmore to Truist Ballpark in Cobb County, the, the suburbs of Atlanta where the Braves play, to show him his idea for the Orioles. He wanted all this land. That was That was sort of in the agreement, it seems like that was nixed about a week ago was he was getting that development deal for pennies on the dollar, uh, a ground lease that was going to change things up, how the Orioles and the Maryland Stadium Authority operate, Camden Yards, yada, yada, yada. It was all in that deal about a week ago, maybe 10 days ago now. That is not in this deal. However, there are some stipulations regarding the development deal. So the team and the MSA have set a deadline for December 31st of 2027. And so it's, it's a four-year um, lease, or not, I'm sorry, not a four-year lease, a four-year deadline from now in order to get a development deal put together. If there's no deal, then the Orioles will have the option to shorten what is being billed as a 30-year lease, and they can shorten that to a 15-year lease. So that would take us through 2038. That would also allow them the ability to trigger four 
five-year extensions after that 15-year lease. So theoretically, you know, that that could actually make it into a 35-year lease, you know, 15 plus four times five is 20. So 15 plus 20, 35, you know, theoretically they can make it into a 35-year lease that way, but that doesn't seem very likely. Um, so that's sort of the, the update on the development deal is that there's no deal in place right now. The Maryland Stadium Authority, I don't think, was quite ready to give them exactly what the Orioles wanted. And the Orioles maybe didn't like whatever the revised terms of a potential development deal were right now. So the two sides have essentially agreed to kick that can down the road for at least the time being. Now, there could be an agreement on that tomorrow. You never know. I mean, they, they could figure out, uh, find a find a, a middle ground there and determine a development deal. But right now, that's not happening. And as we've seen with this current lease, it feels most likely that that agreement will probably come sometime in 2027. Um, so no development deal right now. But I think what is interesting, and, and maybe this has been publicly noted at some point, I wasn't too familiar with it, but they did in the lease agreement, which you can go read the entire thing if you want. I think it's 157 pages. Um, I, I was reading it on the Baltimore Sun's website. I'm sure you can go to probably uh, the government, maryland.gov, and probably find this somewhere. But I was reading it on the Baltimore Sun, <laughs> or I'll be I'll be true. I, I didn't read every single word of this. I was skimming through. There's a nice search feature on there you can use to find certain terms and things like that. But on page 17, it provides a screenshot of the area around Camden Yards that they're talking about developing. So if you're watching me on YouTube right now, I'm using it as my background. So I'll try to move to the side here while keeping my my mouth near the mic. But Essentially, it lays out that area north of Lee Street, which if you're looking on the screen or if you're looking at Google Maps, you know, and you're not watching the video here, Lee Street is the street basically ex immediately south of Camden Yards. So you've got Camden Yards, then you've got Lot A parking, then you've got Lee Street. And the area the Orioles are interested in development rights to is the area north of Lee Street. But it does not include the parking lot or the stadium itself. It does include the B&O warehouse in right field at Camden Yards, the length of that, which we know the Orioles already have offices in. And there's also existing businesses that are not related to the Orioles that take up residence in the B&O warehouse. There's also, you know, there's before you get to Ravens Walk, which then kind of connects you south towards M&T Bank Stadium. There's the Memorial Stadium uh area just south of the stadium there's like the entryway plaza kind of if you it walks you in towards a home plate area and then there's like the pathway up onto utah street and then you know once there's all the vendors and all that stuff once you get into the stadium that's like all they're talking about i'm sure they're also talking about north of the stadium slightly where you know they've got the the numbers and everything and, and tickets are, are at the the southern or i'm sorry the northern end of the bno warehouse you know, I'm sure they're talking about that area too. There's not a whole lot there, but I, I think like my takeaway there is like, that's not a whole lot of area. Now, I still consider it prime real estate in that that's where the Orioles are. There are people there, especially in the summertime. And even, you know, on Ravens Sundays, if you go to a Ravens game, a lot of people will park, you know, north of Camden Yards if the weather's nice enough and walk. And, and Utah Street will be open. The stadium will be closed, but Utah Street's open to walk through and um, just kind of, you know, peek into the stadium, peek into the park. That's always kind of a fun thing to do. 
you know, so so there are some spots there for people to take up some residence or or, or whatever it may be. I know John Angelos has talked about this, uh, like a work stay and play type of situation here, but it's not a whole lot of area that's not already developed, especially if you're not talking about the parking lot, which that has been excluded from these discussions, allegedly. So I'm not exactly sure what the plan would be there and how much there would be to put up there. Obviously, you can go underground, you can build things up higher, but it's not a whole lot of land there that the Orioles are talking about. And I thought that would just be interesting to kind of demonstrate, like, you know, I, I don't think they're talking about the area due east of Camden Yards and then and then due west of Camden Yards is residences and, and things like that, that you're not just going to uh, raise to the ground. So. Yeah, not a whole lot there. That the Orioles have kind of been haggling over, but that's kind of the area. That is the area that they're talking about. So that none of that is in the lease right now. There are the what is in the lease regarding that is an agreement to continue discussing it and coming to some sort of middle ground on it eventually, which will probably happen. It, it sounded like Westmore was in on that, um, but it sounds like the Senate president was probably not into the idea of the 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 price that the Orioles are going to pay for it, which was very minimal. And uh, that's understandable. The Senate president also, his uh, jurisdiction, his, his you know, congressional district, I guess, or Senate district includes Camden Yards. So you can understand the objections there. All right. So what's in the lease? Okay. So the lease does keep the Orioles in Baltimore. As we just said, it's really an agreement for 15 years at a minimum uh, with the possibility of it going up to 30 years if all of the, all the development rights are come to i guess as we said it could go up to 35 years if they um come to all the agreements or i'm sorry if they if they exercise all the extensions that they could potentially use if they shortened it to 15 but again 30 years is probably going to be the max that it is and they'll have to redo something at that point which 30 years from now i don't even want to think about the age i'm going to be at that point i won't even say it right now but 30 years from now the orioles are going to have a new ownership group for sure in 30 years Money's going to be different in 30 years, inflation, yada, yada, yada. There's just, it's going to be a whole lot of different things by by then. So 30-year agreement at the most. And what it essentially does is it kind of just takes um, the current existing structure of the lease and extends it for 30 more years. And that current structure is basically the Orioles pay rent. Remember, there was an agreement in place that that 10 days ago that the Orioles were not going to pay rent Um any many more they were going to take over the maryland stadium authority's job of operating and maintaining oriole park camden yards that's not currently going to happen the Orioles are going to continue to pay rent and the maryland stadium authority is responsible for maintaining and operating oriole park at camden yards so right now nothing nothing has changed um it does lay out areas of upgrades around camden yards that will take place i don't believe there's any sort of timeline set up for any one of these and again I would recommend going and maybe skimming through this document to find uh, any sort of upgrades that you're particularly interested in. I'll try to cover the big ones right now that are are said to be in the works or desired. So one is basically expanding the number of social areas. This is something that John Angelos definitely seems like keen on. He he wants more areas where people can kind of just hang out at the ballpark and be able to see the game at the same time, which admittedly the Orioles don't have a ton of those spaces at Camden Yards. You know, of course we have the flag court, which has been there as long as the stadium has, 
and then they've got the center field uh, bar, which is a newer, you know, newer ish. It's over. I think it's over a decade old at this point, but newer than other areas of the ballpark. And those, in addition to that, everything else is kind of on like suite level stuff where you can kind of like hang out and talk to people and watch the game in something other than a stadium seat. But obviously not everybody has access to the suite level stuff. So social areas is a spot that John Angelos in particular seems keen on expanding. That would include expanding that right field flag court, which would include, which would necessitate removing some seats, I suppose, next to the the flag court um there he would like to put in a bar in the upper deck behind home plate so i guess on that third level wants to relocate the kid zone to the upper deck in left field that's the area that has been noted particularly this past season the orioles have stopped doing it seems that friday night student night up there there's no more of those like five dollar tickets ten dollar tickets there's they've been basically like not allowing anybody to sit there except for like opening day and the playoff games, you know, high sales ticket volume days. Those have mostly been vacant. Sounds like the Orioles eventually plan to kind of knock a lot of that out. And that would be where the kid zone was would be right now. The kid zone is like if you enter Canyon Yards from the south or I'm sorry, if you enter via Utah Street from the south, you can then kind of like turn left and go into the stadium. And there's a kid zone there with a playground and uh, a lot of times the Oriole bird will be there taking pictures before the game. That's where it currently exists now. And if you go there during the game, you can't see the game at all. I mean, there's TVs and stuff, but you can't actually see the action on the field uh, in 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 person. You have to be looking at a television for that. So that that makes sense to me, especially the third level. Those are more affordable tickets up there. Um, it's an area that it makes sense to have kids away from. You know, you're not really going to get a foul ball, obviously. Well, not going to get a foul ball in left field, but you're not really going to get a ball period that high up, which again is good for having little kids there. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And then in addition to that, there is some outlines for more practical stuff, which I know a lot of people talk about specifically audio and video upgrades. I think when you're talking about the the video, you're talking about center field likely needing an upgrade. It's it's quite small. The the main one, the the sort of smaller jumbotron, the one above that is newer. And then the one in right field is newer as well uh, in front of the flag court. But the the middle one there is certainly older and smaller than a lot of ballparks. And then the audio has been a thing that people have complained about for a long time, depending on where you are in the stadium. You can't really understand any of the PA announcements. You can't hear the music all that well. So that's definitely necessary as well. I would imagine audio video stuff that if they if they start that now, they could probably get that done by opening day. If I remember correctly, when they did the left field wall deconstruction and then restructuring a couple of years ago, that didn't start until January. And that was done well in advance of opening day in, you know, late March, early April. And I would think audio video is easier. You know, I've never worked in that field, but I would think you've already got the wires going to the places you want them to go. Maybe you've got to add a few more to get them other places for the full surround sound. But that seems to me to be fairly straightforward but again there's no timeline set out in this lease for when those updates are going to happen it's more of like these are the things we'd like to have happen and now that we have an agreement in place we can finally do that i think one other thing i want to talk about is naming rights to the stadium at camden yard so i saw this talked about on twitter recently that this new agreement gives the orioles naming rights to the stadium it does 
but the last lease had those those rights as well. The Orioles could have named the stadium whatever they want at Camden Yards. They haven't done that from 1992 until now. I'm sure there's been suitors, the Orioles that have M&T Bank Stadium, and the Orioles, I'm sorry, the Orioles, the Ravens have M&T Bank Stadium. The Ravens have had sponsors throughout the year. Remember PSI Net back in the day prior to the dot-com bubble bursting and all that. The Ravens have taken it up. The Orioles have the option. They have not exercised it. Now, we know, and I think if you look at the broadcast, especially when you're watching Oriole games, there's a lot more sponsorship. They've had sponsors down the right, I'm sorry, down the first baseline, down the third baseline. There's sponsors showing on the batter's eye that are, you know, digitally put in there for the broadcast that I don't recall that prior to maybe the last season or two. John Angelos is definitely spreading his wings a little bit there in terms of getting every dollar out he can that definitely I think takes the the classiness of the sport or of the of the stadium rather down a notch I think it doesn't look super cool to have Geico put on the first baseline at a stadium that is pitched as like retro sort of you know classic uh feelings there it doesn't look very cool it's very lame and here's a Geico logo down the first baseline it's not neat but I get that Geico probably paid you a couple million dollars for that ability to do that. So I understand. And it, it, you know, I think we should also be prepared that the Orioles are probably going to have a sponsor on one of their sleeves coming up this season. They had moved the patches around last year so that the blank patch was facing the camera as often as possible for various players. It sounded like maybe they were going to get a sponsor. There was a lot of speculation there that ultimately didn't happen last year. I would imagine that's going to happen this year. And yes, it's totally possible the Orioles will sell naming rights to the stadium again to get more money in the door. And look, if the Orioles use that money to supplement their current team, to give Gunnar Henderson an extension, to give eventually Jackson Holiday an extension, I'm not going to complain about it. You can still call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it Oriole Park at Camden Yards. You don't have to call it Corporation XYZ Stadium at Camden Yards. That is up to you. You have, you know... uh, your own ability to do that. Now, of course, those things do have a way of worming their way into the subconscious culturally. People call M&T Bank Stadium the bank. I mean, M&T Bank Stadium is not a locally significant company. They did it years ago because M&T Bank Stadium was attempting to expand into the Baltimore area, and they have done that now. And, you know, they're, the Raven Stadium is now on credit cards and debit cards and they use M&T Bank Stadium and the Ravens as a marketing ploy. That's what it is. And and I, you know, business-wise, I I totally make make that totally makes sense. So you could see something similar here with the Orioles. And that's why I think you know, people talk about, "Oh, well, I'd be okay if it was McCormick or Under Armour, like these locally owned companies." Okay, maybe that will happen. Um, you know, you've seen that with like the Twins in in Minnesota. That's where Target is based. Target's a national chain that everybody knows, but sometimes it's fun to just flex your muscle, especially locally. Target's based in Minneapolis, so it's Target Field where the Twins play. You could see uh, a McCormick or an Under Armour maybe do that. Now, we know Under Armour. Maybe we don't know. Under Armour hasn't had the best years financially recently. I'm not sure if they've got the cash to do it. McCormick probably does. But you could also see some company you maybe don't really know about uh, getting sponsorship rights because they want to wiggle their way into the Baltimore DC quote unquote area 
you know, we could end up with a guaranteed rate field situation a la the Chicago White Sox, which nobody wants. You want your stadium name to at least be cool. But the point I wanted to make there is that this is not a new development. This is not an example of John Angelos trying to, I mean, it eventually could be an, an evidence of him trying to get as much money as possible. But the fact that this stipulation is in there is nothing new. The Orioles have had this ability for 30 plus years to do it. To this point, they have not exercised it, but we know we've heard rumors recently they were starting to shop the naming rights a little bit, so we shouldn't be shocked if it does come out. And as I've said before, I'm not totally going to fall apart over it, but if you're going to start um, selling off parts of this team and organization to the highest bidder, I want to see that money reinvested on the field. The Orioles haven't done that. They haven't done that for a long time now. They Yes, they had big payrolls with the Buck Showalter era, but they've gone very slim for several years now. The team still has a very small payroll relative to the rest of the league, despite winning 101 games this this last year. And as we record in late December now, they've yet to spend money this offseason beyond simply replacing Felix Bautista with Craig Kimbrell. They need to do more, in my opinion. That's something we'll definitely talk about on future episodes. But that, again... Not a new stipulation, just part of the old agreement, and we may just see them exercise it for the first time here. So why did the Orioles finally sign? After all this time, what changed? What's different? Why are they signing now when they didn't sign at the All-Star break? They didn't sign in February. What happened? Okay, so signing this lease, the biggest thing for the Orioles in signing this lease is it gets them access to $600 million in public funding for stadium upgrades. So this is something that was granted... Uh, over a year ago now, when uh, Larry Hogan was still governor, he had uh, he, the the Maryland Gen- General Assembly had agreed on giving $1.2 billion to both the Orioles and the Ravens, so the Camden Yards Sports Complex for upgrades. The Ravens were able to come to a lease agreement last year while Hogan was still in office. It sounded like the Orioles drugged their feet a little bit. Then Governor Moore was elected. They wanted to talk things over with him. And now they have their deal in place. So the the Ravens and Orioles both got $600 million in public funding. We just saw recently that the Ravens announced a bunch of upgrades they're making to MNC Bank Stadium in the near future. They've got renderings. They've got all this stuff that, that kind of is very similar to the vibe that the Orioles are talking about with social spaces and things like that. It's a lot more places for people to hang out in the stadium when they're at the game. The Ravens are ahead of the game there, or ahead of the Orioles at least, in terms of getting those things and their ducks in the row because they came to an agreement with the state uh, over a year ago before the Orioles did. So $600 million is nothing to sneeze at. That's what all these teams are after. When they relocate, that's what the teams want. They want public money to be able to put into their teams and then make money on top of that without putting up their own. So $600 million is a sweet package. The Orioles didn't need a new stadium. They had Camden Yards, which is universally regarded as one of the best baseball stadiums in the sport, in the world, yada, yada, yada. They didn't need that. They needed, they wanted rather more money to upgrade it, to make it closer in line to those elite level brand new stadiums, a la Truist Park, that makes it as sexy and appealing to uh, sponsorships, to players, to tourism boards, things like that. They wanted that public money. So this $600 million is a good deal for the Orioles. 
And that's something that I'm sure MLB would be like, Hey, like that's what we're after too, as a league, like you got the deal, you've got the stadium, you have a team in a market that likes baseball. We see TV ratings. The Orioles always have really good local TV ratings that are better than some of the the big markets because people here just really like their Orioles baseball. When the Orioles are good, Oriole fans show up and they watch the games. And what happened here is that the state kind of had the Orioles over a barrel because the lease is ending. We've offered you the ability to extend this lease for five years. You turn that down. Okay, so now we're down to December here. You're about to be homeless. Of course, that wouldn't have happened. They, the, the state and the Orioles would have come to some sort of agreement to extend it by month to month or whatever. They talked about that. But the funding was already in place. That's the biggest thing. And that's the piece that a lot of localities don't want to give to teams is this massive amount of public investment. You got that already. You've got Oreo Park. You don't need a new stadium. You've got it in a nice location downtown near the Inner Harbor, near businesses. There wasn't any sort of concern there. And it had just gotten to the point where the Orioles were the ones being difficult. This wasn't the state being uh, being tough and 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 giving you the business. Like this was the Orioles asking for more than they really needed to have, more than was owed to them. You got all the stuff you need to run a profitable business baseball team. What is the holdup? And I'm sure that's from both sides. It's MLB saying, you got all the things we care about sign the lease and you got the Orioles. I'm sorry. You got the, uh, the state of Maryland saying we've given you all the stuff. The, the Ravens who arguably are as much of a draw, if not more than the Orioles locally, they're historically a better run franchise than the Orioles. They're in the NFL, which is known for milking even more money out of localities than MLB. If that's possible, the NFL and the Ravens were happy with it. Why is MLB and the Orioles or really just the Orioles not happy with it? Sign the lease. John Angelos kicked and fought to get those development deals, ultimately didn't get it because it's not something that is really part of the deal most of the time. Like this, the deal is you get money, local money to upgrade the stadium, to bring people downtown, to watch your, your sports team now put a good product on the field. And that's just the point that it had gotten to. And finally, John Angelos, I think, came to his senses and said, yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's sign it get the deal done. So it's a good deal in general. And also as a carrot to me, please put in there that we'll keep talking about these development rights because that's what my little passion project is. So I can say I did something here. Please put in there that we'll keep talking about the development rights. So they put it in there and we'll see what happens there. Hopefully we don't have to hear about it for a long time now. So So what does this mean for the Orioles, both short-term and long-term? I think that, that, you know, it's not much more than what I've just said, which is that the Orioles, they're not exactly winners here in that they didn't get all the things, all the lofty, big idea things that they wanted. They just got more of the same. However, they got access to the public money, which is huge. And I think that short-term, that means that they can now do these upgrades that they've been talking about that people have wanted for a long time. Specifically, I think people want the audio video stuff upgraded. I think these social spaces is more of a, a John Angelos thing, but I do think that some of them laid out do make a lot of sense. The kids zone moving up. You know, I speak as a, as a man with two children myself, I've taken them to one Oreo game, keeping them occupied the entire time was very difficult. 
having these places for them to go and, and burn off energy, if that's what you choose to do, I think makes a lot of sense. And having it in an area of the stadium that logistically makes a lot more sense for the for parents who are taking young kids there is logical. So I, I like that idea. Um, so that's that's in the short term. They're going to get the needed upgrades. They got access to the public money. That's huge. And I think long term, you know, th- this could be very long term. It could be it could not be long term is that it checks a box for the Orioles current ownership group that simplifies any potential sale here. So we know that recently there's been discussions about Dave Rubenstein potentially taking over the Orioles. Jesse talked about it in our most recent podcast. It doesn't sound like that's imminent. And the Baltimore banner laid out why it doesn't make a lot of sense for the Orioles to sell right now while Peter Angelos is still alive. There's a lot of tax implications, all that stuff that makes a lot more sense to, to do a sale when he has passed away, which, you know, could happen anytime. Of course, you don't want to see that happen, but we understand he's not in good health and that could eventually happen. So it checks that complicated box there. And I think uh, Wes Moore got a question at the press conference this week about would a new ownership group essentially just take over this lease. And the answer was yes. So there's no sort of like, Hey, if we sell the team, this needs to be renegotiated. None of that stuff. Like if Dave Rubenstein or somebody else buys the Orioles tomorrow, they inherit this uh, agreement, which I think is also an important distinction for the the development deal, right? Which is, okay, we get the develop, the Orioles get the development deal right now. And they say, okay, we're going to do all these great philanthropic things. It's going to be amazing for the state of Maryland, for the city of Baltimore, for the people, because we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Awesome. And then tomorrow they sell it to somebody, you know, Rubenstein, we know has Baltimore ties, but the Orioles could just as easily sell it to somebody who does not have Baltimore ties. Then what is their obligation to do something in our best interest locally? Maybe, maybe it might be diminished there. So then if you say, okay, now we pass on these development rights deals to this guy or gal, and we don't even know them, but because we put development rights deal, uh, development rights in this deal, they can now do what they please uh, to the BNO warehouse or to the area right around Camden Yards. That feels a little bit fishy there too. So it kind of builds in protection for the Maryland Stadium Authority too to say like, okay, we're going to keep talking about this and four years could be enough time for this sale to go through. And then we get to start talking to the new owners about the development rights. And if we don't like it, then you're not getting it. But you do have, you've got 15 years here at least to stick around and then maybe we can develop a relationship with you to the point you extend it even further than that. So I think it's smart to not build it in, especially with ownership up in the air. It wouldn't have felt great to to hand that sort of golden goose over to the Angelos family, being unsure of what they're going to do with it. And it's also, you know, it allows that, like I just said, it, it allows the development deal to be done under the state's best interest versus it doesn't seem like that was the case with this initial deal about 10 days ago. It, it seemed like the Orioles were getting off uh, pennies for the dollar. It was a 99 year ground lease. And, you know, you know what money co- is worth now versus three years ago, what would it be worth in 99 years? It didn't seem like the best deal there. So I think in the end here, it's an agreement that makes a lot of sense for the Orioles, for the state of Maryland. It doesn't change a whole lot, which I think is fine. You know, easy for me to say. And it also gives John Angelos his little carrot of, we'll keep talking about the development deal you really want, John. If that's really all you want in this world, 
is to have the idea that you're a real estate tycoon, then we'll put that in there. That lets you think we're still talking about this for you, um, you know, 40 years from now. So I think that's about it. Uh, there's not a whole lot else to say because this deal doesn't have a ton of new information in it. It sounds like Camden Yards is going to get a facelift here over the next couple of years, which will be great. I think that initial pushback on the wall has faded a little bit. I know initially when the bar was put in in center field, that was a new look. But I think like everything else with these sorts of changes, as as time marches on, you get used to it. I'm sure whatever happens will at first kind of be like, ooh, that's a little bit weird. I'm not used to that. But three, four years in, we'll be like, oh, yeah, like that's just how Camden Yards is. And and things evolve as the time goes on. So I think that's great. I think I have uh, opinions on public money going towards these sorts of things in general that I won't share now. But in general, if this is the way the world works, I think in, it's a pretty good deal for the Orioles and for the state of Maryland and for people that enjoy Orioles baseball. So I think that's going to wrap us up for today. I'm going to remind you all one more time to please support the podcast in whatever way you prefer by subscribing to us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Eli always likes for me to shout them out. Over on YouTube, we are posting every one of these episodes as a video. You can look at me right now with a geo, a geo, a Google Maps version of Ken Yards behind me as I discussed this lease deal for the last 30 some minutes. So give us a subscription over there. It's free and we'd love to get 100 subscriptions from you all by the time opening day rolls around in late March. Also subscribe to our newsletter at thewarehousepod.substack.com and please follow us on Twitter and threads at The Warehouse Pod. And wherever you're viewing or listening to this, please give us a rating. A five-star rating would be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. And if you have any issues with the podcast, maybe I missed something today. Maybe you didn't like how I discussed something. Please reach out to us via email, thewarehousepod at gmail.com. We'd be happy to take any constructive criticism uh, in, and uh, and improve the product here. We're here for you as Oriole fans ourselves. We'd love to make sure we're, we're putting forth the most accurate and informative and entertaining information we can. So until next time, I appreciate you all for listening. I've been Tyler, and this has been the Warehouse Podcast. Thanks for listening.